0: Today we sit down with Jim Hicks from Houston, Texas, a grassroots leader. He is the owner of RCS Sports along with being the founder. He is the co-host and founder of The Chop Shop, which is a urban sports talk show that is number one in the country. He's just a guy that does so much to give back and has really put the city of Houston on the map in so many ways from his uh, philanthropy, his giving back, his events. Yeah, he's just uh, one of those people that are uh, rare in what he does and to be able to do it as long as he's done it. uh, I just wanted to take time to have him on. I think you guys will absolutely love. He shares some things that he's never shared before. Uh, publicly, or still tell some stories that he's never told. And I think you guys will just appreciate knowing and getting to know the behind the scenes of a man that makes a lot of hard things look really easy. So thanks so much for joining Jim Hicks, uh, episode 15. Uh, this is a Coach's Corner uh, edition. And just so excited to have you guys with us. Please share, like, and subscribe. So welcome, all access coaches, really special guest here today, uh, a family member of mine, somebody who has been such a pioneer and just so innovative, um, so influential. Uh, the list goes on of the hats that he's worn. He's known for wearing his hat. Uh, he's got a special one on today, but uh, just, a, just a major impact player uh, in the sports game altogether, uh, especially in the state of Texas especially when it comes to the city of Houston, which is home for him. Uh, I'm just so excited and honored. He's been a big part of my career, one of my day ones. Uh, I've been blessed to be on his show, The Chop Shop. Uh, RCS Sports is his company, and uh, it doesn't put him in a box because he's done so many things outside of just RCS Sports and The Chop Shop. So excited to have him on. Uh, Mr. Jim Hicks was recently recognized as one of the uh, 100 most influential, which is uh, people in uh, college basketball or basketball period, and uh, the list just goes on. I can't give all of his accolades now, but I really just wanted to make sure to give him some time to let you guys know more about who he is, what he does, and, and how he's created uh, the impacts that he has. So welcome, Mr. Hicks. Good to have you, man.
1: Great to be here. Brian Burton, B-Squad. Let's do this yeah. thing, baby.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You on the other side of this thing for a change, man. I get to host you instead of the other way around.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, first and foremost, just straight off the gate, man, who is Jim Hicks?
1: Man, Jim Hicks is a, is a, is a walking testimony of if you can uh, visual, visualize it, believe in it, implement it, execute it, cultivate it, then you could do it and do it well and do it a long time. And so uh, myself, I'm just a little old me. I'm, I I, came up with a dream, not necessarily a dream. I was inspired to do this, believe it or not, back in uh, summer of 2000. And um, I went to uh, an event up in Dallas, in Denton, Texas. The Great American Shootout. Yep. So indirectly, that was... I mean, directly, that event was operated by Mike Koonstadt, who's the godfather of all Texas grassroots basketball when it comes to doing it for his event operators. He's been doing it the longest and and probably is going to be unmatched by the time he lands the plane on his career. Um, But I went, I was at that event. And so at that time, I had one of those little cameras, a little you know, the little handheld portable little camera. Not a recorder, but a camera. Oh, yeah. Yeah. ching chings, (laughs) And so I was going to take – this was the last day. It was a Sunday. i never forget this. So the semifinals and championship games just get being played, I dash over to the table where the score sheets were. And I was going to click a picture of the score sheets. That way when I get back to Houston – I can write like a little a little blog, a little recap of how things went. Right. Now, I didn't have, you know, didn't have official service at that time or nothing like that. And they was like, no, 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 no. You can't take a picture of these. Mm. You get these. We're going to put this information to be on our website tomorrow. I was like, well, I just want to get hall. No, no, no. Go to Texashoops.com yeah. and you better get this info. Right. So now I'm like, I'm feeling some kind of way. I'm riding back to Houston. That ride down 45 South by the time I got, by the time I got to Huntsville, nevertheless, Conroe, the Woodlands, Spring, Houston. Right. I had already, I probably didn't listen to one song on the way back. I, pro- I probably didn't take no phone call. I had pretty much put together a blueprint of what I wanted to do with RCS sports.
0: Definitely.
1: That's how I never told that story publicly. That's how RCS sports was derived. Now, so why RCS sports? Well, cause at the time, Hal Passner had what was called vision sports. So, you know, you mimic something. It's like, well, vision sports was hot at the Kingwood classic and stuff. Well, RCS sports, cause who knows? I may want to do more than basketball, so I left it open and just put RCS Sports. Those, that's how it was pretty much morphed into, into uh, uh I guess uh, how would you say, it? A, a, a point of emphasis and a launching pad was that that event back? I mean, this company back then. Yeah,
0: got to give props to Mike Coonsad and what he's done. Uh, I never knew that story. I don't know if many others have heard that story, so I'm glad you shared that. You heard it here first on Coach's Corner. Um, Yeah, the part I would say is, and I would piggyback or or follow that up with just, it's one thing to be inspired. And you said a lot of these things about execution and innovation and um, longevity. How have you been able to execute For a 20 year span because there's been a lot of people that have come and go and been inspired just like you were you know maybe at a different time maybe at a later time but there's been a lot of people come and go in this game but RCS sports has been a staple as much as Texas Hoops has um and in a lot of ways has brought a different level of innovation for our community especially um meaning the minority community, the black community. And so I'm just curious how, if you can just share a little bit into how you've been able to create on your own, you know, you just started it, had an idea which other people have done too. How have you been able to stand decade after decade?
1: Well, relationships, uh, they're like seeds. You have the choice to where you opt to sow those seeds to plant those seeds you have the choice on whether you want to do it on where you want to plant those seeds at and part of my plan when i built the company like i say it was a i had detailed and no as far as when i'm telling you about the trip about going back to houston on that on that sunday afternoon and part of it was i was going to cover the greater houston area not the state of texas i didn't have a ill will in my mind saying that oh I want to go and compete against Mike Kunst and Texas Hoops. That was never the case. And the th- to this day, 20 years later, to this day, they always call and make sure that none of their dates is coinciding with my dates. Wow. To this wow. day. Wow. To this day. Wow. It's just a respect thing that's grown over time because they know I never came... After them, I just wanted to. I was there's a different just the way people were raised, and that was their turf. There, I look at them like this they were the the Texas Rangers, they were the DPS, the guys in the black and white cars. When you when you're riding and speeding, they pull you over on the highways in Texas. Them black and white cars. That that's what the Texas hoops was at that time. Well, I was just gonna be HPD. Houston Police Department. So I was gonna serve and protect Houston. I wasn't trying to give tickets in Dallas or San Antonio or El Paso or the Brownsville or McAllen. That wasn't my, Corpus Christi covering Greater Houston. Right. And that way, that was my turf. Well, you know, it had grown to become my turf. So it was nobody else doing it at the time. So there was no blueprint. Nobody gave me, like, this is how you do this. So, whatever rules that I established, no, these would think of Houston at that time as one big forest. And I'm looking at a developmental project where I'm going to create something that's going to be a, you know, a a, a living uh, area, a living uh, uh, community, mall, shopping. I'm just saying, so that was kind of like nobody had was doing it. And The relationships came Whereas part of my plan was to go and create a list of the top players from greater Houston. Create that list, take that list, and go to the Final Four. Find the headquarters of the Final Four. Stay in that lobby and don't leave until I've given every coach that I can find a copy of that list for free. Understand. And that list also included phone numbers. Now, at that time, some of the phone numbers were of some of the summer coaches and the grassroots coaches or whoever was in power. At that time, I grow them. But I'm giving away the intel like I'm the paper boy back in the old days on the corner. I'm just giving away the paper and those booklets. I'm going to show you. I have one right now on the side of me. And it's funny that you brought that we went into this topic, and and because I have right, I know within my grasp, I'm going to pull up the very first. How about that? The very first recruiter's cheat sheet book, right? And well, I just go inside of it, the very first booklet, and this is this is an office copy, in this booklet. Here's a copy of how the numbers went. Mm. You see this? Yep. Oh, that was by position. Point guards. Shooting guards. On the other side, big forward. Power forwards. So the coaches got this info for free. Right. And the name of the booklet was called, at the time, remember, RCS Sports wasn't morphed yet as far as the name, I was calling it the Recruiter's Cheat Sheet. Recruiter's Cheat Sheet. So, after that summer of 2000, then a lot of the high school coaches explained to me that the word cheat wasn't going to digest well dealing with the high school coaches. So, why don't you go and, uh, no, take the word cheat out. Well, hell, it's too late now. I've already, the coaches know cheat sheet book out. So I just m- made the acronym RCS, Recruiter's Cheat Sheet, then put sports up on it. And all this was simply around the same time. But my point is the relationship with the college coaches. A lot of those coaches didn't even know my name, Burden. They didn't know my name. They 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 knew the cheat sheet.
0: They knew you asked cheat sheet. Because that's
1: what's the booklets I would have. And I would Great. go back, I would go next time they would see me would be another cheat sheet and another cheat sheet, you know, would be different ones, cheat sheet booklets from all back in the days, just cheat sheet booklets. And mm. and every time every quarter at a new cheat sheet book, and I would find out where the coaches would be if they had assistant coaches meeting, black coaches association was heavy back at that time. I'm right there, right? Giving those booklets out. People were like, damn. And what happens is I also See, at that in those days, you couldn't just go online and look and find the name of the coaches and the pictures of the coaches like you could do now for any staff. Right. You couldn't go and find the email address and the you you could do that. That wasn't even available back then. Right. That was only in the media guide. Right. Only. So understand the the hurdles that had to be climbed and and leaped over during those days. I made a conscious effort to find the third and the fourth assistant coach on every staff that recruited Houston. See, this was the play, not the head coach, not the associate head coach. I only wanted the third, fourth coach, or the operations guy, on purpose. Why is that? You know why? Because that head coach don't, didn't know who I was at the time. He's not going to answer my phone call. None of the big John Urie and Hal Paschner had the two sneaker programs in Houston at the time, Houston superstars, Houston hoops. They were calling the head coaches. Those guys weren't calling the fourth assistant coach on the staff. You guys were beneath them. So I made an effort. Let me concentrate on those third and fourth assistants. You know why I know my motto was today's assistant is tomorrow's head. Yep. So I helped grow with an army of then low-level system coaches. And many of those coaches are head coaches now. Many of those coaches are athletic directors now. Many of those coaches are administration now. So that's how relationships, when I said you chose to sow this was a conscious effort. And, and that's one of the ways how – the RCS sports and cheat sheet became so became so prevalent because I actually was was passionate in my efforts to help those guys when nobody else would answer their telephone calls or talking about as far as the big no the you know the big programs back then you had West grand staff ran the team Texas program out of that West grand staff wasn't calling Rodney Terry you see Wes Grandstaff was calling Rick Barnes. Right. You see the difference? I'm just saying on the regular, we we had a problem. And that was really the part that hit the home run with RCS Sports because as those guys continued to grow, they answered my phone call from day one, they would continue to answer my phone call on day day number, uh, how would you say it? Two thousand and
0: three hundred and forty. Yeah, so that it speaks to being able to have uh, a vision to be able to plant some seeds with guys that you knew were going to grow in the business as your business grew. So it is it, you set up the longevity from the beginning, which is you know one of the many genius things that you've been able to have the foresight to do. Uh, I want to piggyback on or go back to one thing and dive in. You mentioned about Mike Coonstet not. He called you and still does to this day. Just tell us 30 seconds of why is that important? Because not everyone understands what that means when you said that. So him calling you to not block off those dates or not have conflicting dates, what does that mean in, in your lane?
1: Well, one word, respect. That's respect. And and respect is earned and it's reciprocated. And uh You know, and it it, it kind of feel good. It's not like you're not, it's a difference. They're not calling and begging. They're calling out of respect every time. Even this year, they had to be for the first time in a very long time. Well, uh, uh, during the pandemic, there was a conflict on the date, whereas they were having their annual fall event in Houston in the fall. And the facility somehow double booked something. And they called me. What a couple of weeks ahead of time, maybe three weeks ahead of time. Hey man, why not you hear it first? We they the facilities, the date was messed up. When we know your big annual Super 16 extravaganza, which is the fall high school championships going on on that weekend. This is what we're not going, we're not going head to head with you. However, the event has to be on that same same on that Saturday. One day, we know your three days. What here's what we we're, we're proposing. Give us your teams that you have. We promise to not go after any of those teams.
0: Yeah, so so I'm glad you went into that. So for those that are listening that may not all the way understand, too, what you're talking about in that respect is, from a business standpoint, all these different teams and different uh, players can choose to go to. So it makes it where you guys are not competing. They set it up out of respect to you to make it where you guys have never had to compete over this 20 years, which is an amazing thing to be able to say, because especially now as the times are evolving and and different people are trying to follow in both of you guys' footsteps, they don't necessarily understand the rules of the game as far as how that may go. It may just be, hey, I'm coming in, this is what I'm doing, I'm not even thinking about that other guy, I'm just gonna do what I wanna do.
1: Yeah, and that, and that, that means a lot. And like I say, some people, different people are cut from different cloths. and. If you're getting along, it's much easier to get along than to not get along.
0: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, talk about this for a second, uh Hicks. Tell us about, tell the people that don't again know you or don't know you, uh, all the different or some of the different, cause you probably don't have time. We probably don't have time for all of them, but just touch on for a quick second the different components within RCS sports that you've created over the time, whether it's Rucker on wood, which is an, uh, an event that's completely, n- nothing's ever been similar to that, whether it's the magazine, which tell us about a little bit about that touch on that for a second, or uh, now you have the chop shop, you have high school events, you have summer recruiting events that are during the live period. You've done just so many that uh, have such a diversity of basketball things you've done, but also you have, um, things that you do to give away school supplies. You do things in the community. So just touch on, and again, I know you've been acknowledging the community in the city of Houston for your your um, activism and, and giving back and your um, servanthood there. You've also been acknowledging the basketball community. You, you have awards left and right, but just touch on some of the things because some people don't know. They may think, hey, this guy just ranks players. They don't <laughs> understand all the things that you do that goes under that hat. So please share.
1: and 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 that's important in knowing knowing what a person do and more so, more importantly, knowing what a person don't do. And that's the thing. Uh, Under RCS Sports, over the 20 years, our first, I think the first event was uh, uh, Rucker on Wood. Rucker on Wood was, back then, the N one scene was still hot. You know, skip to Maloo, It just came with the Rockets, and right. you know everybody was doing the mixtapes and the N one stuff. Was they were making a tour around the country? So Rucker on Wood. A lot of people got reeducated on the history of the of Rucker Park, and down in 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 our area of Texas, what you didn't see, you didn't see a lot of high school kids playing on a consistent level in the parks in those types of three-on-threes or five-on-fives where people were standing around waiting on next up, and if you lost, you probably had to wait four games to even get back on the court. That is what not what you saw. So that means the only time that young people played organized open gym was probably at their own school against the players who are already – inferior to them.
0: Right, right.
1: I say it's a foul. Give me my ball. No, you travel. Don't no, hush up. My ball. Because you big man on campus.
0: Right, right. So See, heard- Rock
1: on Wood was an opportunity to, to go, and we personally hand-plucked a few players to just come out for an open gym. And back to first, when it first started with shirts and skin at Hightower High School, Greg Wise was the coach at Hightower at the time. They went to state two years in a row, so Hightower ended up being being hot 2002 and 2003. They ended up going to state back-to-back, right on the heels of Willow Ridge going back, back-to-back back 2000 and 2001. So we started Rock on Wood, and then that blasted off, and it's, it's, it's been going on every year since. Um, the next thing that we did was the spring icebreaker. The very first spring icebreaker was in 2001. Back then, Burden, it was was always, once again, that weekend was the weekend after the UIL state championship. That weekend used to be taboo meaning that nobody played on that weekend because that was a weekend that generally was reserved for the grassroots teams to start having practice officially. Cause back then a lot of the grassroots teams didn't, they didn't touch mess with the kid, with the players mess with them during the high school season. They waited till it was over with back then. The respect was just there.
0: Right, right, right.
1: For the the most part, I'm quite sure somebody did, but for the most part, the high end, the high end teams didn't do it. Well, we do spring icebreaker, and spring icebreaker was generally understand. Nobody probably this some more tidbits, probably did people didn't know the, the spring icebreaker was actually designed for the high school teams to get a look at a sneak peek at their t- upcoming teams for the following season so that it would give us the opportunity for certain players to cut themselves before coming all the way back in August to school. So that means now that's what it was designed for. It was basically primarily the spring icebreaker for the first two years. Remember, because the summer teams were practicing on that weekend. But these were all high school teams and like four unsigned senior teams. We called them stragglers back then. We would make four teams of unsigned seniors, and the rest of them would be high school teams only and it was a live uh, viewing period for NCAA Division 1 coaches. So the spring icebreaker this right here is the second year of the spring icebreaker. This this wow. this is the program that the college coaches got. I love it. Understand. This is the co- this is a coaches packet for the spring icebreaker. And inside you have you have all different intel and phone numbers of the players, the teams. You know, all the way then the scheduling schedules on the back. This was done. This is my second second one. I think this year we had 24 teams by year two. Started off with like I think, 14 teams year one, 24 teams year two. And we are entering year number 20 in March the 19th through the 21st of 2021. To date, no event in the United States of America can boast what I'm about to tell you about the spring icebreaker.
0: Yeah, please tell it. Please tell it.
1: This is the only event in the history of grassroots basketball, boys or girls, that of those events that has existed with the same name for 10 years or more, we've never had fewer teams the year before. Wow. Let us soak in. Wow. The spring icebreaker has never – had fewer teams than they did the year before. So if this was Wall Street and it was a and it was a a stock, you know, and and you're making a a, a, a you know, a, you know earnings chart that it would go like this, all the way up. So that's the thing about the spring icebreaker, and you know, I'm proud. That's my that's the baby because that was the first one event, and that by it being a live period during that time. Like P Diddy was popular for giving parties and you know on the on the, on a higher end level right We had a place in Houston called a skyball Scott Girdner Sky Skyball. I went and worked a deal They had a live music it was on the, on the on the on the rooftop of a building in the shadows of downtown yep and it was the hottest spot in the city of Houston yep you had there would be a line wrapped around the building of it was 25 and older to get in It wasn't no kitty place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I went and worked a deal with the owners of that facility to let all my college coaches, all they do is bring a business card. They would get in free.
0: Yep.
1: Didn't, didn't have to wait in line. Yep. Didn't have to wait in line. That was, I mean, people look at the line, wrapped around the bit like, I'm talking about like, and people standing in line coaches come to the, to the sky bar and that way, they got a chance to fellowship at nighttime. So that means the hospitality helped to water and nurture those seeds. Relationships, yep. yep. Now you got to talk to the coaches. Now you got to meet the coaches. Now the coaches, and you realize and the coaches realize, hey, man, this cool cat, this young cat, cheat sheet, you all right? Still don't even know my name. Right. Still cheat sheet.
0: Some people still don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how, see, once again, that took time and
0: effort. Right. And innovation, thinking outside the box.
1: And innovation, and and it, it got to the point where, through the years, you go and you meet people because I'm going to get it twisted now. College, you can set up and you can build it all you want, but you got to have talent. The yep. city of Houston, remember, I came on the heels of the TJ Ford. They, that class was going out the door when I came in with RCS Sports. But in 2002, the power, the the balance of power shifted back to that to the DFW area. Which made the state of Texas still hot, which was okay. Right, but well, i just started. But because because thousand two had Chris Bosh, you know, Ike Diallo and 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 Daniel Harden, all those guys class two thousand and two. But then the power shifted back to Houston for two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand five. We produced. McDonald's All-Americans in each one of those classes. Mm. So while that class of 2002 were rising seniors, I was, I was successfully promoting our underclassmen in Greater Houston as one of the best crops coming up in the, in the nation. Mm. So this is how you got to do it as well. You got to be able to throw your, to go out on the plank and put your right pocket on something and if you get it right, then you become the Swami. If you get it wrong, then people ain't gonna believe nothing you say.
0: Right, right, right. So
1: coming out the gates, because a lot of people had missed. People knew about T.J. Ford and Daniel Ewan, Lawrence Robert. People missed on Lawrence, but people knew about by the Mecca, and people really kind of missed on the Mecca. couldn't mm-hmm. got him on the got him on the on the downtick. Right. They they knew about the Mecca because Carlos hurt. Hmm. They, to, they come to see Carlos Hurt play and like, oh, hell, who was this kid getting his rebounds? So now people realize, oh, man, we can't miss on this again because now college coaches, the bosses will get on the assistants, as you very well know, when you when another kid signs in your conference and you're supposed to recruit that area, but you really ain't recruited this kid, your boss want to know what, Brian? What's your boss going to ask you?
0: How do we not get him? <laughs>
1: Bango. bingo. And depending on who your boss is, he really means it. He really means that.
0: Might be some heat behind that. <laughs>
1: your job could be on the line.
0: No question. And a lot
1: of people don't realize that's how it goes yep. to this day.
0: Yep.
1: Why the hell we didn't get this kid? So now I we have youngsters. That class of 2003 that was in Greater Houston that shifted the power back, Indy EB, Kendrick Perkins, Von Wafer. Hell, that's three McDonald's All Americans from the Greater Houston area right then, in one year. Yep. Cartier Martin, Lanny Smith, Tack Miner. Just to name a few. We were loaded in 2003. 2004, we got some young ones coming up. Man, these young ones got a chance to be special. One name is Daniel Gibson. You guys became the known as Booby.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Jawan McClellan. 2004. These this same class. Yep. You see, they spearheaded that class of 2004. So Houston stayed hot. So now, I had relationship with the family with the, with both families because at that time now, that's what I was you know young enough. Relationship with Jawan's with Juan's father and his mom married, but more so his father. We ended up passing away. The June of two thousand and four never got to see Jawan play a college game at Arizona, mm-hmm. and and that's how during that that passing away, we we created an event, yep. a fundraiser, yep, to help raise funds from the community to do to to give to the to the to Miss Mary McClellan. She, un unbeknown to her, she had no idea we were doing this for this cause. We summoned Mary McClellan to the championship game and Jawan made sure and some other people that was close to the family made sure she was there. Brought her out at halftime to give a speech at halftime of the championship game. And she gave a powerful speech that was gravitating throughout the crowd that was there at Chavez High School That's that, that June. And right on cue after she got through speaking, our ladies, who was the volunteers walked up to her and, and gave her a big brown envelope, the brown legal envelope, which was sealed. And to this day, I have no idea how much was in there, but it was well over a few thousand dollars over five thousand dollars that was raised. I know don't know the exact number, it was over there. The thing was good and puffy. Everything from the front door, they poured it into those into two different envelopes. Printed it in the it, they were sealed up, gave it to her. That was how the George McClellan invitational was born. We didn't have a name for it that year. Yep. It's called it, and then we we named it the GMI. The George McClellan Invitational. Uh, one of the police officers in the area, Marjorie, she went and got the paperwork in the five hundred one c three done, did for it. And through the George McClellan Invitational, every year, aside from this pandemic year, we would go and give have back to school drives. We supplied clothing, school supplies, after school uh, uh, athletic wear including sneakers, designer sneakers, boxes of them to students regardless of age every August. in the around the winter time when it gets cool, we had what they call covering the community. We will provide blankets, quilts to the homeless. We would provide uh, uh, air conditioners we did for the elderly. You know somebody that that, that air conditioner went out. A relative or a friend of the family, you know, guess what? George McClellan Foundation is right there. So, those efforts of giving back and where I was raised, my mom was a school teacher for 37 years. My mom actually taught Robert Parrish in the first grade up in Streetport, Louisiana. And uh, I learned giving back because my mom, when she moved to Houston, I was a year old and we moved to H Town. Because most of her side of the family lived in Houston, and uh, I used to, I would soon notice because I, you know, by her being a teacher, you got to pay attention. You know, she's always doing lesson plans, and Mm -hmm. you know, and writing on the chalkboard. And I noticed even when we go to church, Mom would always have the check, and it would go in a different basket than the regular offering, and that was the tide. Mm. So. Part of giving back is related to that tithe, amen. That you're giving, and so that's 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 kind of like was embedded in me.
0: Yep. You
1: got to find a way to give back.
0: Yep.
1: You don't have to go and have a parade when you do it, but you got to find a way to give back. Otherwise, somebody's going to take back. Yep. Whatever your how power is, it's gonna find a way to take back if you ain't giving back.
0: Yeah, I think you. I think you carry your mom's legacy uh, in an amazing way. I think you're one of the best at giving back, and you're not looking to get pats on the back. And, and most people don't always even know what you do, but you're such a uh, such a person of influence in that city. Uh, I can think of numerous times when you've helped me and didn't have to, and never told anybody else. Uh, helped me with whether it was an interview, whether it was a, not just, not just basketball even related, you know, uh, as a person, uh, you just had always had that servant's heart and carrying your mom's legacy in an amazing way. So I salute you for that. I think that part should be applauded even more than it is. So I want to make sure we said that. I'm glad you touched on that. Um, I, I,
1: before you go and, and speaking of my mom. Yeah, please. Part of those relationships throughout those years, my mom retired from teaching and she would, you know, you no, know, just getting older. As she got older, you know, I moved in, stayed with my mom, and took care of mom, as opposed to like making the decision you put mom in hosp in in one of those nursing homes, that you can make and take care of mom. So I was take helping to take care of mom. We had a provider would come on, come over certain times of the day, and sit with her. But then she would, sometimes she would have to go to the hospital. Mom had first started with a hip surgery, then a knee surgery. Then why that hip not healing right now, you got to have the other hip surgery because you put too much weight. Then another knee surgery. So then the respiratory not going right. So there's this all different types. So mom would go in and out the hospital on a regular. As mom was going in the hospital, tell you how, how, how relationships go. This is a true story. And I had to dig it up somewhere in the photo book uh, album. College coaches would flood the hospital with get well cards mm. and t-shirts. Mm. Every time mom go to the hospital, it was mm. within a matter of time, cards would be up and mom was the type, she would tell the nurse and put the nurse ass to work. Hey, hang that on thumb, there goes some thumb tags, baby, put that on the wall. And cards would be all over the wall in the hospital rooms. Not one visit, maybe three or four different visits. About each wall, was had the wallpaper were cards from yep. different colleges yep. with handwritten you no know, with with, with goodwill cool. messages for miss Hicks. So yep. coaches had never met my mom. Yep. But they knew my mom.
0: Yep.
1: Because I talked about her all the time. Back in the days, you go meet a college coach, pick him up from the airport or whatever, go, go take him around to a few schools, then you go stop by Papa Doe. That's one of the popular restaurant chains that, that and happen to have a few locations in Houston. Papa Doe's was a spot. That was that was that was uh, of, of preference by a lot of coaches because the Papa those aren't located in every city, so right. some people can't get that everywhere. Guess what? Those coaches would know, Hicks, all of something for mom. Right.
0: Love it. Mom would wait
1: up every night for me to come home, to come through the door with a plate, and she would say to have the same salutation as I walked through the door. She was sitting in the recliner. And I walked through the door and the salutation, it was twofold. She would say, praise God. One for me making it home safely, two for me bringing some grub, some bits to old mama, mama Hicks, but that's my mama Hicks story. I want to get you going and proceed.
0: Oh, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. We're going to close kind of on the same, uh, same breath. We're going to talk about your legacy, obviously known as having the best hospitality room uh, on the circuit anywhere in the country. Uh, a connector, an innovator, a businessman, a leader, uh, a man who gives back. um, The trusted brand that you've built, almost like Coke. It's so trusted when people, whether you come up with something new or not, they just know if RCS Sports is stamped it, that's what it is. You know, we're doing it. So um, what do you want your legacy to be as we close today? And thanks so much for for joining us.
1: Well, I mean, that's one of the things that – part of the legacy is to one day be recognized for a lot of the roads that I helped pave, that inspired others to involve themselves in the basketball, amateur basketball scene. Um, This stuff is not easy because there's nothing without the relationships. And a lot of people indirectly or directly, I know I've inspired, motivated. Now, what they, whether they're intense what, what doc, well, for good or being Dr. Evil, it still was motivated and inspired them to involve themselves in to the directly or indirectly into giving back or helping uh, with, the, with the exposure component of these young of some of the young men um, we also published a magazine called the magazine started that in 2004 and that magazine grew to become the largest annual periodical in the United States of America of any high school talking about a high school basketball publication there was nothing larger than the magazine. Matter of fact, back in the days, remember the old uh, bookstores used to be called Borders Bookstores.
0: Yeah, yeah. We
1: were, the, we were, the, we were the number one selling periodical of the fourth quarter of of Q four for three years in a row in Borders Bookstore in Greater Houston in two thousand and eight, or was it seven, seven or eight? when President Obama won the first election, that Time magazine was the only thing that outsold the magazine in Q4. Wow! That front cover of Time magazine. I mean, that's how popular the magazine was and, and is. Um, we also do outreach stuff. We've helped uh, with certain players, that former players that end up going, getting locked up and get incarcerated. And we've helped, you know, we get some of those guys and secure them bonds and funerals players. Sometimes you never know. A lot of people in the basketball community have passed away. I had family family members passed away in the immediate family. We go in to help, throw the hat around the ring, and take and get a little good love offering for that. Those are little bitty things that aren't on the on the menu, but they are required. Yeah, that's part of what you sign up for. If you're covering The area, that means when the ball stopped bouncing. Yep,
0: yep.
1: Are you still covering the area? And that's what a lot of people, they will remember my efforts when I'm long gone. They remember me from just being there and always trying to help other people that came along the way. If they had opportunity to eat, I've always been uh, approachable and willing to find the way for somebody else to eat. And that's important as well. So that's kind of like one of the things you know as far as the, the rankings part, that's the very last thing that that we do at RCS You know, about five about six years ago I ended up hiring Doug Jones as my assistant. And then in- yeah,
0: big yeah.
1: and, and, and that way it could kind of take it enabled Doug to free up hours of my t- my day to d- now to do something that he had a passion for to do he
0: wanted yep. to get into and the- the a name for so.
1: huh
0: and make a name for himself so. yes
1: so then fast forward to 2020 october the first we hired a young another young guy jeffrey day and he was he was working with another company i saw how how, how uh how acutely he, he his penmanship was good his articles were great and got in me in that way now, Jeffrey Day frees up hours of my day. Yep. So now I can concentrate on finding ways to turn 20 years into 25 years or maybe 25 years into 30 years. Yep. Otherwise, if you're not innovating because, of my, you know, you got to innovate in this stuff, then you're going to get passed by and you'll become a day old donut. And that's the thing. want people remember me that they can remember me for a lot of things, but one thing that they that I can would not hope that they would remember me for is a day old donut. I want to be hot out of the grease. I'm gonna remain I want to remain warm. Right. Uh, matter of fact, you get you get you a good cup of milk. Cause I'm, I'm and, and matter of fact get a get a quart because I'm gonna be right there and ready. Like, the, like yeah. that like that
0: crispy like cream sign. It's always hot and ready. Yes indeed. Oh man
1: for sure. So that's it. pretty much it, man. Uh, you you know, it's a lot. That we can go on and on. Might you know, get a part two in there one day soon. You, know. Okay. Being, you know, with the left on the table, you got, you got, you know, we got to proportion it out.
0: Can't give it to them all at once. They can't handle that. Yeah, you can't do this all at once. Can't even buffet it. can't do that.
1: Was that one episode of Godfather?
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's why we. Get, that's why we got Houston basketball Godfather here. You. You've definitely touched the lives of many. I know you haven't really touched on how many scholarships and people that you've helped, whether it's junior college, NAI, Division II. I mean, your information and your events have been just such a platform for young people uh, and families. You've helped change you know, generations of first college uh, generation kids to, to be able to go to school and get exposure because of uh, either a phone call that you may have made, a phone call that you took, uh, uh, some ink that you wrote something that you wrote on your website uh the list just goes on we definitely don't have enough time to cover it in one in one podcast uh you've inspired me a tremendous amount you've been a tremendous family member friend i don't consider you really a friend i consider you family you've taken me in since day one and i'm blessed for that and uh, we've done a lot of great things together as well and i uh, had to have you on early in this podcast just to be able to show love and my respect to you and uh, I wouldn't be doing the things I'm doing now. I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast and wouldn't be doing some of the other things I'm jumping out there to be following your footsteps and do with, with sports media. So just you make it look easy. I wanted people to get a little bit of an insight of how it's not easy, but you make it look easy because of your de- dedication and your commitment to it. So yeah, any final words you got and we'll we'll get you back on here yeah, soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh want to wrap it up by, by reminding you guys one thing that was very important component in the growth of RCS Sports, even like looking behind me, you see the logos behind me. D- this logo was created in that same year when we started in two thousand one. I just met Sandra, right? Sandra Menchaca. Yeah. I met her. She believed in the vision. Yep. She created my first business card. She does all the logos for RCS sports, all the graphics for RCS sports. She also, when I met her, she had no college degree, but she was working in the athletic department as, as, a, as a secretary at HISD. She was a single parent of three. I helped and we unionized and 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 we didn't not to the years later. But we helped them stay together, and she was my backbone, and is the backbone. Mm, amen. She went through and got not one college degree, but she got a master's degree two years yep. ago.
0: Yes, she did.
1: Mind you, a master's degree, and she got a bachelor's degree before then, and now she's a, and and she's she's progressed along, and still, you know what I'm saying that's three jobs that she's working. Working in the as an educator?
0: Yep. Like your mom.
1: She's working as a a, a a with RCS Sports and she's a full-time she's a full-time single mom which now has turned into grandma for for grand two grandbabies. And uh so she was important along the way as far as helping to keep it grounded. That's and funny. and uh, that's important because Next year in 2011, I mean 2021, we will be going on, uh, that would be 20 years that we met and 10-year anniversary of being married. So that's the thing. And once again, you got to think about it you guys <laughs> this stuff and like I said we talk about a lot of this stuff and what goes in that and in and, and, and another whole show but i want to just leave you guys definitely can't go without mentioning sandra you, yep. the story of rcs sports cannot be told without her Yep, that's for sure
0: i love it i love it yeah she's uh she's the backbone she's the rock uh i'm blessed to, to know her she's family too and uh I got to be the host. I can share this a little bit. So I got to be the host of multiple date nights. See, they have date night every week and I got to be the date night coordinator when I was at Lamar. I used to drive up to Houston just for that reason to be able to take them out and, and coordinate a date night. They didn't have to think about nothing and and, and it's on me and we're going to have some fun. And I was a single dude who didn't know what else to do. So I was trying to stay out of the way. But, uh, yeah, that's family. That's how you take care of family. So, no, I'm glad you ended with her. Shout out to Beast Mode. That, that's what I call it. That's what she talks about. So, uh, she has that mentality, and she got her masters from Lamar as well. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, so, so so thankful for everyone for tuning in. Uh, so glad to have my family member and big brother and big homie, uh, one of the, again, pioneers. Uh, he will go down as a legend. legend. He's a living legend. Uh, it goes without saying that the things that people are able to do now that are so easy – he was doing in the time where there was no internet. There was no um, Twitter and Facebook. There was no social media. There was no digital ways to do a podcast, but he always found a way to be innovative then to be ahead of his time. And he's still doing that now. So salute again. We'll have you back on. Uh, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, stay safe out there.